Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Truth for Youth podcast. For those who don't know me, my name is Alex Blocker. I go to Irmo High School. I run track, and my future plans are to be involved in the political process. I have two great co-hosts with me today, the first one being Maya and the second being Alea. They're both going to introduce themselves, and they are both essential workers. So, Maya, tell us what that's like. Sanitation levels do have to be at 100% all the time, and also our ability as a store to enforce social distancing. But trying to maintain contactless encounters with customers for the sake of their safety and still doing my job as an associate at Harvey Supermarket is definitely a battle that I have to put my all into. Yeah, so I work in a tutoring center in Greenville, and things have started to become more difficult with having to shorten the sessions in order to sanitize everything before the next round of kids come in. And, of course, everyone has to wear a mask, so it's been very difficult with a lot of our younger kids to keep them on their faces um, at all times. So there have been a lot of challenges that we've had. So as you can see, we are a group of young people who are having to adapt and arise to the situation at hand. With that being said, since we are in Generation Z, it can be said that we are experiencing the most crises of any other previous generation. So whether it's the great existential crisis of climate change, the greatest economic downfall since the Great Depression, but also historic racial inequalities and the most pressing and pertinent, the worst response to a pandemic in modern history. So with that being said, we're going to go into a discussion with Governor McMaster from South Carolina about how him and his team have handled the pandemic. We've closed fewer and opened back up more quickly than most states. Some of the other southern states where you have a lot of sunshine uh, have opened up uh, about as quickly as we have. But those in the cold up in the northeast, they're, they're still uh, mainly shut up, but, but they are they're not doing nearly as well as, as we are in the, in the sunshine. Because we closed later and reopened earlier, we are now listed as the third highest state with COVID cases in the world. While Governor McMaster has never imposed a strict stay-at-home order as other states have, northern states enforced preventative measures to ensure that in the following month, cases would spike as we're seeing now. Also, he strongly emphasized how sunshine states were doing so much better than that of northern states. But as of today, the states with the highest number of cases in the U.S. have all been sunshine states, especially with that of Florida, the sunshine state, reporting the most cases with almost 70,000 new cases in only the past week. Staying with the same topic of new cases, the hospitalization rate for African-Americans is five times that of white Americans. And additionally, there have also been 69.7 deaths per 100,000 black Americans, whereas there are only 30.2 deaths per 100,000 white Americans. So while crises have always disproportionately affected racial minorities, the year 2020 has brought a light onto an issue that African-Americans have been protesting for years, which is, of course, police brutality. And with the rising tensions in the country, the GOP's only African-American senator had some words and sentiments about race in America, which we will discuss uh, after this. One of the best pieces of advice I got from my brother who was at that school at the time, uh, don't ever let fear consume you. A part of the challenge of race, especially in America today, is it consumes us and it consumes us with little historical perspective. There's some things that we have to work on. I'm the guy that was stopped 18 times by police officers for being black while driving. I was stopped three or four other times for speeding. So, yeah, so when I hear that, I was thinking I agree with him on one of the things that he said, which is there are issues that need to be improved upon. Uh, especially when we're looking at something like healthcare, 
when the lowest income earners are spending upwards of 40% of their income on healthcare, it doesn't leave a lot of disposable income for them to spend on things like uh, equipment for virtual learning, which is going to be an issue that's going to plague a lot of people uh, facing this pandemic. When you don't have the money to pay for the equipment, your education is going to be hindered. So that's going to be something that is going to impact Generation Z. And also um, another thing that has plagued many generations, which is student debt. Um, when you can't pay for healthcare, um, you won't have the money to save for college. Um, so that's another thing that's going to affect Generation Z. Definitely. Not only is Generation Z going to have to face these new issues that are arising due to, due to the pandemic, but we're already facing racial issues that have plagued the United States for centuries, um, especially surrounding that of police brutality. Right, because at 17, I've already let fear consume me when it comes to driving while being black. It's back in March of 2020. Um, I had an experience where my family and I was pulled over, and I quote, for being suspicious. Um, the officer claimed that my mom wow. was doing 45 in a six-day shift. He immediately, like, put her in handcuffs and didn't tell us what was going on. So um, I immediately started to record on my phone so that I have backup for my family and I, if we would ever have to be faced with this in court. So um, within the minute of my mom being cuffed, six other police officers pulled up, including one female officer. And while thoroughly being searched by that female officer, and I do mean thoroughly being searched, uh, one of the male officers said to me, you know, if I knew that you were going to be recording, I would have gotten a haircut. So I'm um, just seeing my mom detained before me and not being able or capable enough to stop it is something I honestly wouldn't even wish on my worst enemy. Like it, it, it's not a good feeling to feel so powerless when it comes to defending your family. Wow. Um, that was a really powerful story. So I want to pose this question to the both of you. What steps does Generation Z have to take in order to move forward? Well, one step that I think that we can take for sure is being able to remain positive in times like these. I definitely agree. I also think that we really need to unite. We can't make the same mistakes that our past generations made. We need to come together and listen to one another in order to actually bring about change. We, we can't make any progress constantly fighting, so our generation needs to be the one to place our differences aside in order to bring about the transformation that our, the country and also the world needs to needs to see. That was very well spoken to Leah, and I completely agree. We have to be a generation that's able to look in the past at some of the mistakes that our ancestors made and not make those same mistakes. The generation that leads the next civil rights movement and that begins to remove some of the effects of climate change. But in order to do that, we're going to have to, as we said, come together and find that common ground. With that being said, I'm your host, Alex Blocker, along with Maya and Alea, and we hope to see you again next week.